Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. and welcome to another episode of the Abundant Wellness Podcast. In today's episode, you're actually going to be hearing a live coaching call that I did with my clients in the Keys to Emotional Freedom coaching group. And in this session, we talked all about supporting your mind and your emotions through nutrition and lifestyle. So I hope that this episode blesses you. Make sure to take notes. You may be able to identify some patterns for yourself that are contributing to some sticky symptoms that you're having with your mood and your emotions. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the topic for today, which you um, everybody needs to know. And I feel like the more I learn about like our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, the more I'm realizing that we really can't have healthy emotions without a healthy physical body as well. And you're not going to hear me tell you to go run 500 miles a day or like only eat keto or you're not, you're never going to hear me say those things. Um, But I do want to talk about some basic principles of supporting your mind and your emotions um, through nutrition and lifestyle practices. So, um, so the very first one we're going to talk about is sleep. So um, I'm curious for those of you that are here today, how many hours of sleep do you get on an average night, if you want to just put that in the chat and like what time you usually go to sleep. I'm not going to judge you or yell at you. Don't worry. Okay. Eight hours. Awesome. 1030 to 7, 1030 to 630. Nice. Okay. Good. Very good. Okay. So, um, okay. So there's a couple things, um, couple things to know when we are having, um, when, when we are working on our, our mind and our emotions, how many of you know, (laughs) no answer. It's bad. I barely sleep. Okay. (laughs) Like I played the fifth. I refuse to answer. Oh, I know my, my, yeah, I'll tell you a story about my sleep here in a little bit, but how many of you have ever felt like you go like, you know, your kids are sick or maybe you have a dog that was up barfing or, you know, the neighbors were partying really loud and you wake up that day and you just kind of feel a little bit off, right? Like your mood doesn't feel great. You feel a little bit more snappy than you normally would. Your hunger cues are off. Like I noticed for myself, if I don't get enough sleep, like I either have no appetite or I'm hungry all day long. Like there's no in between. And that is because our blood sugar regulation is very much tied to our cortisol, our cortisol levels. And our cortisol levels will either spike really high or drop really low if we're not getting really good sleep. Um, Now, one or two nights isn't going to like, 
you know, harm you forever. But we know, you know, there are certain hormone imbalances, chronic stress, things like that, that will really, really disrupt our sleep patterns, which then can absolutely throw off our mood and our emotions. And primarily the mechanism for that is actually blood sugar regulation. So, um, so we're going to talk about some ways to stabilize our blood sugar and, um, help our sleep patterns. And the interesting thing is that our sleep patterns, most of us don't think about our sleep being a 24 hour cycle, right? We're thinking about our sleep being that seven to eight hour chunk of time that we're actually asleep, but our sleep cycle actually starts during the day and how we're managing our cortisol and our blood sugar throughout the day. All of that's going to impact our sleep. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, some things that I would start with, and I cannot even tell you how many women I work with um, on hormones that are like, my sleep is in the toilet. And, you know, and so then I'm like, oh, okay, well, they get surprised because the first thing I ask them is how often they're eating. <laughs> how often are you eating? What are you eating? How many calories do you eat in a day? Um, are you, you know, going five to six hours between meals? Like all of that stuff is going to short circuit your cortisol, which is going to make your sleep feel like crap. It just is. So the very first thing, and I know that this goes against intermittent fasting, it goes against um, keto principles, it goes against pretty much every mainstream diet out there. But because I work primarily with women, I'm just going to tell you what works for most women metabolically, assuming they don't have like major health issues. Okay. Eating every three hours. If you are not hungry every three to four hours, your metabolism is probably not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Okay. So it took me, so I did keto for a year and then I did intermittent fasting for like six to seven months. And then I realized that was dumb because my adrenals were in the toilet and I didn't realize my adrenals were in the toilet until I started having like massive adrenal issues because I had been pushing my body too long between eating. So that, that drop in blood sugar was enough to tell my body, Hey, you're actually putting us in fight or flight here. Like that's too much stress for my body. So it took me after I realized that was happening and was working with my doctor about nine months to actually get my hunger cues back in the morning. So if you are not hungry within about 30 to 45 minutes of waking up, um, that's a pretty good indicator that your metabolism has been shut down because of cortisol and blood sugar. And there's no way for that not to impact your mood and your sleep long-term. Okay. Does that make sense? Like it may not be impacting you now, but eventually if you do that long enough and you ignore it long enough, it's going to create issues down the road. Does that make sense? Okay. So eat every two to three hours. Um, there should be protein with every single meal that you have. Um, like if we're talking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you want to aim for 20 to 30 grams of protein with every meal. Okay. So that can be tricky to do, especially if you're like, my appetite's not great to begin with. And you're telling me I have to eat meat. Like, no, you don't have to eat meat in the morning. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Eggs are awesome. Um, eggs are, you know, delicious in the morning. They're, they're high in protein. They're great, you know, source of minerals. Um, but they're also, uh, things like collagen peptides, my appetite, like this last year, just because of stress has not been awesome in the morning. I tend to feel just kind of like in the morning. Okay. So, but I still, because I know that my blood sugar and my cortisol depend on 
me feeding it good, nutritious food, I will add collagen peptides to my tea, even if I can't eat a meal yet, because I'm wanting to get that protein in um, as soon as I'm hungry in the morning. Okay. Um, and I will just say that if you don't have hunger cues in the morning, you're going to have to train your metabolism to feel hungry again. Um, like for me, I was like, I'm going to eat every three hours until my body starts to recognize like, oh, we should be hungry every three hours. We're not in fight or flight mode anymore. We can do this. Like we can digest and we can rest and everything's going to be good. So, and eventually that did kick in to where now I am hungry every three to four hours and I'm not having these like crazy blood sugar dips and things like that. Okay. Um, so if you guys have a favorite protein source and you want to put it in the chat, like I love to eat, you know, sausage with my breakfast, or I love to have eggs with greens, or I love to have a smoothie. Um, those will be great ideas for people. So please feel free to share whatever your favorite, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner proteins are. Um, I know for me, lunch tends to be either like a salad with some kind of lean meat and fat, um, dinner, you know, tends to be more of like meat and potatoes and, and root vegetables and things like that. Um, let's see here. And then the other thing is once you start to get your, where you are eating consistently every three to four hours, your next goal is actually going to be making sure that you're eating enough during that time. Most of us are not eating enough during, um, during the times that we're actually eating, you know, my husband actually, <laughs> pointed this out to me. He's like, you realize you eat like a bird, right? Like most people don't, they don't eat like that. And I was like, well, that's how, I was, that's how I've always eaten. You know, I think it was just part of being a nursing student, working three jobs and going to school full time and working night shift and wrecked my appetite and my HPA axis did not do me any favors. So I've had to learn to actually sit down, look at my plate and be very aware of my body when I'm eating. So now I'm, I sit there and I ask myself, am I full or did I just stop eating because I want to be busy doing something else? Like my brain is wanting to finish the task in the next room, right? Instead of, no, I need to sit here until I've actually, you know, it's not, it's not the belief of like, you have to finish your plate. That's not what I'm saying. It's more the, just an awareness of my body. Am I full or am I just not hungry anymore? Cause those are two different sensations, I tend to eat until I'm not hungry anymore, which is not the same as eating until you're satisfied. Does that make sense? Okay. So making sure you're eating enough. How do you know if you're eating enough food? You're typically not hungry at bedtime. If you're hungry at bedtime, your body needs more calories during the day. So I notice um, even like throughout my cycle, sometimes that fluctuates where um, different different um, parts of my cycle, I do have, like, I'm more hungry in the nighttime um, or at bedtime. I don't not snack. I know that's like a, another dieting taboo. Don't eat after seven. That's garbage if you're a woman. Okay. Um, if you are a woman and you have cortisol and you have adrenal glands and you have the need to produce progesterone, you are going to need to snack sometimes in the evening. And I'm not saying like eat half a pizza and, you know, a Burgerville milkshake you can do that too. But I'm saying you're probably not going to feel super awesome if you do. Um, but for me, that's like an apple and peanut butter and a stick of jerky, or, um, I will oftentimes eat like a full fat coconut yogurt. That's like 20 grams of fat, a little bit of protein, add some berries in there. And I'm like, I'm good. 
Um, if you are hungry during, you know, at bedtime, um, you need to make sure that you are giving yourself that nutrition. And I want to explain why nutrition matters when it comes to our sleep and our mood. Um, number one, because our neurotransmitters are happy mood chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, melatonin, that all helps with sleep is produced um, by protein. So the amino acids that come from protein that, that are broken down are actually then transported to your cells and they are then made into serotonin and dopamine. So if you're like, gosh, why, you know, why am I so moody or why do I feel like, you know, I just can't regulate my mood. I know for me, I feel anxious if I'm hungry. Like if my blood sugar is low, I'll feel anxiety. I don't feel like, oh, I'm really hungry right now. I feel like my heart's racing really fast. And so, um, and that's gotten better as my adrenals have healed and my, I've gotten my blood sugar regulation a little bit more under control, but we can't, we can't separate our mood and our emotions from what's happening in our physical body. Okay. This is why, um, you know, making sure that we are eating good meals, we're getting enough protein. Sometimes I have to get creative just because of grocery limitations or, you know, like our favorite allergy friendly things aren't uh, as easily accessible as they used to be. So I have to get a little bit creative with those things. Um, but if you are noticing that your emotions are all over the place, right? You're, you're like, gosh, some days I'm really anxious. Some days I'm really moody. Some days I'm really depressed. Um, no judgment on that at all, but we got to look at the the reasons why that might be happening. Typically when we're looking at, you know, somebody's diet, their nutrition and their sleep, there's something in all three of those categories, not getting enough protein, not eating enough calories, um, and going too long between meals, whether you have diagnosed blood sugar issues or not. Um, there's a lot of, um, studies that actually show, you know, if we're looking at mood dysregulation and emotional imbalances, um, a lot of that is tied to blood sugar and making sure we're getting enough food. So, um, some other things to look at when, you know, when we're looking at making sure we're getting those nutrients, um, we want to make sure that your body's actually absorbing them. So a lot of us have, you know, some issues with our gut where our gut isn't actually absorbing, um, the nutrients that we're getting. And this can be for a lot of different reasons. Typically it's from stress and remember stress doesn't have to be, um, you had a major life event, right? Stress can be, um, choosing to go too long between meals or waking up and not eating for two hours before you actually eat something. It's whatever your body perceives as a stressor. Okay. So, uh, and for every single one of you, that's going to be different. It could be your child coughing in the middle of the night. Your body's like, wait a second. Like that's a stressor, right? Um, it could be your dog barking and, you know, at the mailman and that like heightens your, your, a level of arousal in the brain where your brain is now on hyper alert. That is a perceived stressor. So I want you, I want you to not, when I'm talking about stress, don't be thinking about the stressors in your life, right? Of like maybe a family member that's sick or a job that's really stressful. Yes, those are stressors, but I want you to think about the stressors that are actually within your control. And those are typically like how we're taking care of ourselves in terms of how often are we eating? Am I, you know, like I started blocking out my afternoon 
um, from 12 to one most days, because I'm like, I need to prioritize sitting down and having an actual meal, um, during the day, because it was throwing off my cortisol by the evening time. And it was awful. It was, it's not a fun feeling to have your cortisol and your blood sugar just all over the place like that. So, um, is this making sense to everybody so far? I know I'm kind of going fast. Okay. So thinking about, you know, when we think about managing stressors, we're, we're not just talking about those external stressors that we know that we can't change, right? Like maybe we can't change our family dynamics or the job situation that we're in or inflation. Like we can't change any of those things, but I can change how my body perceives stress, AKA, am I nourishing it? Am I prioritizing it? And uh, am I taking care of my body? Okay. All right. Um, okay. So when we're talking about absorption, because your body has to absorb nutrients through the digestive tract, um, unless you're just absorbing them all through the mucosal lining of your mouth, which just doesn't happen unless you're taking everything by supplements, right? Um, everything has to go through the digestive tract. How many of you, I'm just, just a show of hands have ever had, have ever been on antibiotics? Lots and lots and lots for me as a kid, lots of antibiotics. Um, how many of you have ever experienced bloating? You've ever had a stomach bug? You've ever had, um, you know, like a vomiting diarrhea illness? Okay. So all, you know, or, and you've experienced periods of chronic stress, right? Most, most of us have. All right. So all of these things impact our digestive tract's ability to number one, manage microbes, which means that it knows how to intuitively keep bacteria in the right places. Okay. So, um, so if there's bacterial overgrowth, let's say, for example, use my youngest daughter, she, um, had to go on antibiotics for, I think it was either an ear, I think it was a, it wasn't an ear infection. It was a bladder infection like three or four years ago. And, um, the antibiotics, they did their job in getting rid of the UTI, but they also left this nice friendly bug called C. diff and C. diff is not a friendly bug, but everybody has it in their gut. Right. Um, and it was just high enough that it gave her pretty severe diarrhea and made her grumpier than I have ever seen her in my life. Like anybody who knows Olivia knows she is not grumpy. Like she's the happiest, sweetest, most cheerful. Yes. Michelle knows just like loving squishy person, you know? So when she was, I was like, man, this is not like her. Like what is going on? And I'd had her on probiotics at the same time. So I was, you know, I was giving her the good stuff, but you have to treat C. diff very differently. So things like C. diff, uh, bacterial overgrowth in the wrong place, even just having it in the wrong place in your gut, will throw off this whole cascade. And now the interesting thing about C. diff is that it actually competes with dopamine. What does dopamine do? Dopamine is your reward hormone. So it's that thing that gives you motivation. It makes you feel like you can go get it throughout your day. It makes you feel like you're regulated, you're calm, like you're, you can handle what's going, you know, you can handle the tasks in front of you. You can organize the tasks in front of you and you have the motivation to do it. That's dopamine. So C. diff eats up all of your dopamine, not just in the gut, but also in the brain. So when we're, for me, whenever somebody's talking about their mood, their emotions, I'm never just thinking about the soul level emotions that somebody's experiencing. I'm also looking at how's their body 
Do they have some infections going on that we don't know about? Do they have, is there something competing? Are they eating regular meals? Whenever somebody tells me they have anxiety, I mean, yes, I'm looking at the social aspect of that in terms of their life, right? The things that are going on in their life that could be causing that. But my first thought now is, did you eat something? (laughs) Like, because as a woman, like, you know, if the anxiety goes away when you eat something, then it's a blood sugar regulation issue. Okay. So that being said, we want to make sure that as we're looking at how is my mood actually doing? Do I feel moody a lot? Do I feel anxious a lot? Do I feel depressed more than makes sense maybe for my circumstances, then the next thing that you should be looking at is how am I supporting my digestive tract? Number one, one of the best things that you can do is eating without stress. Okay. So for me, what that means is I'm very, very cognizant that I am not working on my phone or like looking at stressful things while I'm eating. So that's like, I can watch puppy dog reels and reels of cute babies and things like that, that are like, they boost your dopamine, right? But they're not creating a stress response in my body while I'm eating because a body that is under stress won't digest and it will actually shut down your ability to absorb all of those good nutrients that you're trying to feed your body. So things like that. How many of you are recognizing like little habits that you're like, oh, I could probably do that a little bit differently. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, And, you know, truthfully, like for a lot of years, and I'm sure this is true for most of you in, in one way, shape or form, like if you're going through a period of really high stress, you're not thinking about those things, right? You're not thinking about how do I actively calm my vagus nerve and calm my body so that when I'm eating, it's not a stressful experience and my body has the best chance of absorbing everything that I'm giving it. Most of us aren't really thinking that we're thinking, oh, look, I've got a plate full of greens and sweet potatoes and sausage. Like what a nourishing meal. Right. But your kids are screaming in the background. You and your husband just got in a fight. You know, work was really stressful. And now you're just not like all of us have those experiences. All of us have days like that. So I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I'm just trying to give you some awareness of oh, how can I take care of my body? This is why just taking probiotics typically is not enough to support your mood and your emotions. Um, Kids not eating. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to have a meltdown, go into the backyard and throw some rocks at the fence. That's what I say. Um, It's better than yelling at your children, but it, it is therapeutic. So that being said, you know, this is why just taking probiotics for your mood and your emotions and your sleep is typically not enough. Um, And that's because we have to make sure we're actually, you know, taking probiotics is good because it is helping to get the good bacteria where the good bacteria needs to go, getting the bad bacteria, you know, out of the body. That's a primary function and getting the neurotransmitters producing the way that they should be producing in the digestive tract. However, if we're not also looking at how we're eating, the kind of foods that we're eating to support um, healthy mood and digestion, we're going to end up not feeling super well. So, um, so that being said, absolutely getting on a good probiotic is essential if you're wanting to support healthy mood and emotions. And I have some good recommendations for you guys. B vitamins. Um, this is huge, especially 
if you experience any kind of stress, because when we are stressed, even if it's, you know, two to three days out of every week, your body is going to be burning through those B vitamins much quicker um, than it would if you weren't under stress. And most of us aren't getting enough B vitamins to begin with because we're not getting enough from our soil, from the food. The food isn't getting enough from the soil to begin with, and we're not actually getting enough um, from our food sources. Does that make sense? So um, I always tell people, you know, in general, if you are under high periods of stress, then that is the time to increase your B vitamins and your adrenal support um, because your body is going to be burning through those minerals that you need um, in order to feel healthy and, and stable and good and calm and all the things that you need. Okay. You really can't do it with, you really can't overdo it with B vitamins um, because your body will just pee out whatever you don't use. So if you're worried about like, oh, the bottle says only take, you know, 500 micrograms, that's not enough for anybody, number one. Number two, definitely not enough for you if you're under stress. And number three, you really can't overdo it because your body will just pee it out. So um, let's see, are B vitamins okay to take? Yes, with prenatals, yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, so probiotics, B vitamins, and then adrenal support are gonna be your three biggest things, uh, as far as supplements go. Um, now that wouldn't necessarily be where I would start if the issues that we're dealing with are like, if we're not already looking at, am I eating enough? Am I eating often enough? Um, and am I getting enough protein? Those are the three core places that you want to start. Okay. So, um, let's see here. What are the functions for insulin and cortisol? So insulin is what helps to regulate your blood sugar. So when you eat food, insulin is released to help and get blood sugar into and out of the cells of the body. Um, and it helps to manage like how much, um, how much blood sugar is floating around in your bloodstream. That's basically through the pancreas. So that's kind of my nutshell version of insulin. Um, now cortisol, when it's really, really high is, or, or high for prolonged periods of time is going to um, throw off your blood sugar regulation, which will then over long periods of time, throw off your insulin. This is why we typically see um, like uh, perimenopausal women now have like having pre-diabetic symptoms or women with undiagnosed PCOS that are like, I've always had blood sugar dysregulation issues, but now my insulin is like in the toilet. Um, that doesn't usually happen unless there's been a long period of time of blood sugar dysregulation and inflammation going on in the body. So cortisol, uh, one of the ways that we can tell if cortisol is off is nighttime wakings. That's a big one. So waking up at two or three in the morning, uh, waking up at midnight and not being able to go back to sleep, uh, feeling really, really sluggish in the afternoon. So like around two or three o'clock, you're just dragging your feet. Um, that's a really good way to tell that your cortisol is, is having a really hard time. One of the other ways that we can tell if cortisol is off is, um, chronic infections. That was actually one of my very first signs that I was having some adrenal fatigue issues was I was getting colds every two weeks. Um, literally every two weeks. And it was like, as soon as I would get better, I would come down with something else and it would take me forever to get better. Um, and so that's one of the other ways that you can tell if your adrenals are off. Um, anxiety is another one. Um, anxiety or adrenal, poor adrenal function will also create feelings of anxiety or panic for some people. 
Um, so, um, so that's, uh, that's a thought for that. And then when I say adrenal support, Amanda, I do have some specific supplement recommendations for that, but essentially it's just a, typically it's a group or combination of herbs that actually help to, um, create or support the adrenal glands, excuse me. So they're nourishing herbs that actually help to strengthen the adrenal glands. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I know that I just like fed you guys with a fire hose. So I'm anticipating some questions here. Um, what questions do you ladies have for me while we're talking about how to support our mood and our emotions with food and lifestyle changes? Yeah. I was just wondering if, okay. So when I talked to the advice nurse, she wasn't sure about like probiotics and B12s they were safe to take. So she wanted me to wait, but I'm not going to talk to my doctor until like the 18th. Mm -hmm. So are probiotics okay for me to take and, um, are like the, what kind of, um, herbs or whatever for adrenal support? And is that health, is that safe for like pregnancy too? Herbs, we have to be a little bit more cautious with in pregnancy, just because they are quite a bit more potent. Um, and there's a lot of reactions that the body can have, you know, in pregnancy that we just try to be really careful with that. So for me, if I were working on supporting my adrenals in pregnancy, I would focus really heavily actually on mineral balancing. So, um, so for me, that's like, I make an adrenal cocktail at around like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's really simple. It's orange juice, like just orange juice with no, like no added sugar or anything in it. Of coconut water because it's full of potassium, um, and a pinch of salt. Okay. And that's it. Um, so you've got your potassium, you've got your magnesium, you've got your vitamin C and you've got your salt that helps with electrolyte balancing. So that's a super easy way to get minerals in. Um, another one is like beef liver capsules are full of really good minerals, um, that can be really supportive of, um, just overall like adrenal function without having some of the heavier hitting herbs that we just, they haven't been studied Mm -hmm. in pregnancy for us to know, um, if there's, you know, any harmful impacts of that, Mm -hmm. that would be what I would do. And then the probiotics are safe though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Got it. Good question. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Who else has a question? There's no bad questions here, ladies. And it could also be like, you know, if you're struggling with a certain type of mood or emotion, um, you know what I mean? If you're like, gosh, I feel really low, but it's only in the afternoon. Or I feel like really anxious, but it's only in the morning. Like those are, you know, those are those are really great, um, symptoms in terms of, they're not great symptoms. They're great symptoms in terms of helping us to identify, where the struggle spots are and where we can best help you with that. So, um, so does anybody have any, like anything that they want to share regarding that, that maybe you're struggling with that we can help with today? Yes. So, um, based on what you've said, my cortisol is way off. What do I need to do? So, Um, so I would start with 
Uh, one, getting a good probiotic on board, reducing inflammation to the gut plays a huge role in our adrenal gland function, um, but also getting on some adrenal support. And I will be putting a link to uh, the protocol for that um, in the Facebook group once the video is all uploaded for you guys. So that will be in there as well. The interesting thing with ADHD, and I, I'm still learning more about this, mainly because my daughter has it as well. And I have some like little bits of ADHD that kind of pop up that I'm like, is it a blood flow issue? Like, is my brain not getting blood flow to the frontal lobe or is it a dopamine issue? Usually mm -hmm. it's both. Um, but yes, we absolutely want to remove any of the reasons why you might not be getting enough dopamine. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so taking care of the C. diff, which you can do with herbals. So there are like herbal biocidin, um, will kill off C. diff, um, S. which is, um, a certain bacterial stri a probiotic strain. I can put that in here. Um, I always spell it wrong, but, oh, yeah. is a really good one. Um, in particular for C. diff, if you're really wanting to dig into like, is it really a problem or is it not a problem? Because again, most digestive tracts will have C. diff, but they'll be in check with all of the other, like oh, all right. of the other bacteria are keeping it in check, right? Same thing with E. coli. Every intestinal tract has E. coli, but not everybody has an E. coli infection, right? And so um, if you're really wanting to dive into that, you could certainly do like a full GI map where we would be able to look at like everything that's going on. But some pretty classic symptoms of C. diff are irregular bowel movements. So alternating between constipation and diarrhea, uh, where it gets better for a couple days and then it gets worse, um, cramping, bloating, foul smelling gas, things like that um, can be um, some indicators that that it's uh, kind of a predominant problem happening in the gut. Um, and then as far as supporting dopamine, zinc is actually one of the best supplements you can do. Zinc is a good one. Uh, magnesium, zinc, and iron, they call that like the I forget what they call that, but it's like the, the ADHD trio of okay. minerals. So, um, getting, you know, enough magnesium, zinc, and iron, those are all going to be really big, uh, really important pieces to the puzzle there. Let's and I'm see. always low in all of those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. And then yes, Becky, I'm going to include all of the, all of the supplements that I talked about today in that protocol. So you'll be able to kind of look around and see, you know, if there was one thing in particular that stood out to you to, um, to go ahead and start with that too. This episode resonated with you and gave you some very practical tips to move forward. Um, you can access that protocol linked in the show notes. And of course, if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one support, you're curious about uh, my coaching programs and if that might be a good fit for you, especially as we're heading into the holidays, knowing that you want to feel your best, not be held back by any fatigue, anxiety, irritability, insomnia, or crazy mood swings, then make sure to click the link in the show notes to schedule a completely free um, hormone breakthrough call with me and I can't wait to hear from you.